You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am Jeff Ellis. I am your host, as always. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, a fantastic treat. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and get 20% off your order. It's what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. Check it out for yourself. So, talked about just the general difficulty when it comes to the postseason. Uh, I've done a lot of listener mail. We got the draft show yesterday. I'm curious to hear from people what they thought. Uh... Are there players you'd like me to talk about with the draft? Are there other names you're curious to, you know, what my early takes have been as I've started looking forward? Anything like that, um, reach out, as always, to Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it reminds me, I'm not always good about checking Facebook. Zahn, if, I, I, if I've missed something, it's just I have really not been on Facebook of late. Uh, I have had some fun talks with him over the year uh, or so on there, but I've been really bad about just getting on Facebook in general. So I'm getting back to people. I'm trying to be better about that. And that is a, you know, a thing I just want to point out is I will get back to everyone. Sometimes it takes me time. Twitter is probably the quickest route. Uh, again, that is at Jeff MLB draft. So when I was looking at some things online for this podcast, it kind of struck me. Uh, there was one more Twitter question I didn't get to yesterday, and that was from uh, at Tony M-U-O-D. Assuming no free agent outfielder will be signed due to finances, I'm still holding out hope for Robbie Grossman. What outfield would you target in trades? So I thought, let's just start talking trades. There's not too much else to do. Let's just go team by team like I did a year ago and look at a division, see what's on the horizon, see where there's depth, and go from there. Uh, I spent a lot of time already in the NL East as we we're talking about the Lindor stuff. I just go out west, right? We got the Dodgers in the World Series trying, to, or not the World Series, the uh, NLCS trying to blow it after they were the presumptive favorites. So let's let's start out there. Let's start with the bottom of the division. Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that I believe I picked to make the postseason this year I was buying on them big time I loved what they had done I liked the team in general so what went right for them what went wrong what trades could come uh what went wrong was Ketel Marte kind of fell back to earth was not the MVP level performer he was a year ago what went right Christian Walker stepped up and was a great uh, addition for them Starling Marte was playing pretty well. Eventually they traded him, but why could they trade him? Because Cole Calhoun was fantastic this year. David Peralta had a massive bounce back. Those are your corner guys. And then when they traded Marte, I mean, I'm laughing because they put Dalton Varsho in center. He's a catcher. I don't know if he's going to end up there long term, but it's just interesting. Uh, still an Eduardo Escobar fan. He had a solid season. I mean, offensively, outside of... At the end of the year, when they put Pavin Smith at first base, that didn't go great. And Carson Kelly did not have the strongest season behind the the dish. Other than that, like the lineup was not an issue for this team. The question becomes, do they have a tradable outfielder? If you're like, well, what was the issue? Well, they had Zach Gallen. That's all they really had. I mean, that's essentially what it came down to for them. 
Luke Weaver didn't have the season they anticipated. Madison Bumgardner, after giving him that contract, they essentially gave away Robbie Ray. They didn't even get much back for him. Caleb Smith, who was the centerpiece for them and what they got back in the Marte deal. Uh, Alex Young, who was a second-round pick, who had really lost kind of the shine as a prospect. Things fell apart there in their bullpen, even more so. I mean, they were just shedding pieces at the deadline. You know, I still talk about that I I really wonder if the Indians had offered Tristan McKenzie for Archie Bradley and Starling Marte. Both guys you'd have for 2020 and 2021. Would Arizona have bitten on that? You know, is, is Tristan McKenzie enough of a value? Because they got almost nothing for Bradley. They didn't get too much more beyond Caleb Smith uh, as the pitcher for Marte. It's like, could the Indians have done that? Maybe. I mean, I liked the Diamondbacks pen, but uh, it just, it, the guys who were in there, a lot of the guys that I, I anticipated being a part of it were traded. Uh, they they shredded that team, and I, I don't blame them for trading free agents to be when it's clear that you're going to be awful and you're not going to give them qualifying offers, getting some value. But I, man, they seem like a team that was close, and now they don't. Uh, I'll be curious to see, you know, Corbin Martin should be back next year. Uh, Merrill Kelly, I mean, thoracic outlet surgery is just a scary thing in general. He was pitching so well before that, and, you know, for a guy who was already in his early 30s who went over to Korea, I believe, to reestablish himself. That just stinks to see. So, Varsho, I assume they'll maybe keep him in the outfield uh, next year, looking at their other prospects and their prospect pool. You know, maybe Alec Thomas can move quickly and get up there. Uh, J.B. Bukowskis should get a shot at some point. Uh, it's a very deep minors. It's one of my favorite minor league pools in general. Um... You know, shortstop uh, Perdomo should get up there, and he's like a borderline top 100 guy in a lot of places. You should have started this year in Double A, but it was not your typical season. I'm trying to think who else might be. I'm just gonna go and look at their minor league outfield depth. Uh, Andy Young, it, it, you know, has some playing ability as part of their player pool. Yeah, I. I guess that's, I mean, Trace Thompson, when he's part of your player pool, that's that's not great. Um, we saw that, I mean, he was pretty much buried in AAA with Cleveland. Uh, Dominic Fletcher, who was a high pick a year ago, probably isn't close to helping. Same thing with, like, Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson. Those are all guys who are multiple years out. Uh, Stuart Fairchild, maybe. He could push his way up. Uh, he was former second-round pick of the Reds. It actually seemed to be turning it around coming into the season. So do the Diamondbacks make sense as a trade partner? Potentially. It depends on how much they want to tear this core down. Uh, when you're looking at the overall, you know, how this team is set up, uh, looking at just contracts and things like that, uh, if they are looking to do a full-on youth movement, they have older outfielders, and it always comes down to money, right? And that's what we're kind of looking at. So when you pull up Peralta, he's not a free agent until uh, 2023. So you could have multiple years of control. His he has a three-year, $22 million contract for the for 20, 21, and 22. So that could be within the Indians' range of um, uh, affordability. He has been incredibly unhealthy, uh, very injury-prone. He's had some great years. He's had some down years. 
injury-prone outfielder who turned 33 in August. I Two years of control, but also two years of control. And Cole Calhoun, who, you know, the Angels didn't even pick up his option. They let him go. Now, what makes him nice, if you're the Indians, is it's a two-year, $16 million uh, contract with a club option for 2022. So if he has another great year like this year, you could totally consider him and pick up the option. If he comes back to earth, well, it's a team option. You can let him go. It makes him an ideal candidate. He will be, uh, let's see, today is the 13th, right? So, yeah, he's going to be 34 in uh, a few hours. So there is that downside to it. But if you can work a lesser deal for him, I think Cole Calhoun from the Angels could make a lot of sense. You look at what they're running out in the outfield, and, yeah, he's not good. But, uh, I mean, the, the Indians played Domingo Santana for crying out loud. I think we can deal with Cole Calhoun. So I think he's one of the outfielders the Indians should strongly consider. And we'll come back and talk about the more West in a moment. But first, I want to talk about Built Bar. So Built Bar is, I mean, I just enjoy it. And can I tell you right now, what I recommend if you're going to try a Built Bar order is do the mix box. The individual flavors can be fun, but I find just having that mix box, having a bunch of different flavors, trying a new one every day, that's really the way to go. Because even the flavors you don't like as much, it's kind of nice to just have different things. So if you want to go try Built Bar, and again, this is what I eat every single day. This is my breakfast. I had two of their pumpkin ones today um, before school started. And, you know, after saying go try the mix box, yeah, of course I tried the pumpkin one as well. But I just keep coming back to the mix boxes in my order. I think that's the way to go. Different flavors, they're all great. You're going to find the one you like more than others. But just keep going with the mix box. I really, I believe that strongly that is the way to go. And when you go and make your Built Bar order, use the promo code Locked On, Get 20% off your order. BuiltBar.com. Go check it out today. Our other sponsor is Ohio vs. Everyone. Talked about them often on the show. We had Matt from Ohio vs. Everyone on the show just a week ago. So I thought, let's just go to Ohio vs. Everyone today. What are their headlines? Cleveland Indians, five things that went right in 2020. What an extra year of eligibility can mean for the Buckeyes, for that's basketball. Three questions surrounding the Reds' offseason. Uh, three questions about the Cavs roster construction. There's videos on here. They even have their own shop. They have a general section with podcasts too. If you go Cleveland, you go to Indians. Let's see what else Matt has put out recently. Uh, Cleveland Indians crushed my soul again. Indians coppered in game one, but there's still hope. Cleveland Indians have the AL MVP. Cleveland Indians need Sandy Almar to mature fast. So you can see we're having very similar uh, lines of thought. A lot of things we talked about on the podcast he is doing here. It's a great place to go get your Cleveland information. Go get it with a Cleveland uh, point of view. The Browns are 5-1 and one right now. And I'm like, okay, I'll go check out Peter King again. And again, barely mentions him. And uh, I only think it's slightly because him and Tony Grossi are friends. And we know the Grossi-Mayfield background. But that's the type of information you may not see in a mainstream site. You can only get at a site like Ohio vs. Everyone, where they're not going to be afraid to call a spade a spade. Go check out Ohio vs. Everyone today. And again, that's not something they wrote. That's purely me there at the end, adding some uh, additional content on uh, on some spite Sundays. I think are are being made uh, with uh, various people. Uh, that's just the way that uh, sports work. Someone. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who don't like certain other people, and it's very easy to see that. Let's talk about the Colorado Rockies next. 
I mean, with Arizona, I think we we did everything we need. The Rockies are fascinating because if you recall, I was talking about why a Clevenger trade to them made sense, and they were like 84% chance to make the postseason. Um, they did not. They're going to end up with darn near a top 10 pick again, and they just ended the year very weakly, and I mean, they have big time issues. Uh, you look at the team in general, the ups and downs of their pitching staff, the situation where, you know, they were considering trades for Arenado because he's going to opt out sooner rather than later. He got hurt this year, didn't finish the year with them. Uh, Ryan McMahon moved to that position and McMahon had a, a, an okay year. Charlie Blackman was fantastic. Kevin Pillar, who they traded for for Boston, uh, had a great year. Obviously, he is not going to be staying there. I mean, maybe they try and one-up him. Uh, Sam Hilliard had his ups and downs. He had some big moments, though. Uh, this is a team that needs a catcher. It needs a real first baseman. I know Ian Desmond opted out, but they have not had. It feels like since Todd Helton. I know I'm forgetting people in there along the way, but I mean, first base has just been a revolving door of who do we got? And yeah, sometimes Ryan McMahon was in that role, but it seems like long-term that may not be his spot. But catcher, they've not had uh, production there in a long time. Outfield, uh, Ramil Tapia had had a pretty solid year. Uh, he ended up moving to DH towards the for the final game of the year, mostly left field for them. They had Pilar in center once they traded for him. Blackman was a right fielder and a DH. And, you know, the DH spot just kind of roved with uh, a few players. And when you talk about that lineup production in that team, I mean, they still had David Murphy basically as a bench player and Matt Kemp. And to their injured list, we have Arenado, Brendan Rodgers, Chris Owings, and David Dahl. Now, Dahl changes things for them with Pilar out. You put Dahl into center field, and that's probably, depending on if they keep the DH or not, that's probably their outfield uh, of Hilliard, Dahl, and Tapia. Or, I'm saying his name wrong. Probably. It's, or, I'm sorry. Probably going to be Blackman, Tapia, Dahl. I don't know what they do with Sam Hilliard. Uh, he, he's an interesting guy, but you know, big, big power. Lots of risk. Really unrefined. Lots of tools. I, I don't know how you move forward exactly with him. But so they've got a pretty well-defined outfield. Prospect-wise, you know they traded one of my big prospect uh, crushes, as it were, Taron Vavra, went over to Baltimore when they added um, the closer Michael Givens, drafted as a shortstop, moved a relief pitcher. Uh, it's always interesting to see when those things happen. The rest of their minors, in terms of who could help next year, I mean you're probably hoping for. Colton Welker, and then maybe he could be your future DH as well if DH stays as a National League thing. If not, maybe he's that first baseman that they've been kind of searching for. They have hitters, and the Indians have pitchers. A trade could make some sense. I don't know if it'll happen because I don't know if they have enough depth to make it happen. Uh, If they trade now, you know, do they believe in Sam Hilliard? I guess that's essentially what it comes down to. If they believe in Hilliard, do you, as an Indians fan, what do you think of Ramil Tapia? Because that's probably the player they would consider moving. 
uh, won't be a free agent until 2024. Was a you know a pretty big name prospect at points. Really until last season didn't get a, an opportunity. Looking at a career WRC plus and 300 games of 78, uh, hasn't brought defensive value or offensive value. Negative career war. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if he is interesting enough to really make you go out and want to trade anything of value. And at the same time, it's like, okay, so if it's not him, is it Sam Hilliard, who's an interesting tool guy? But I don't know if he is ever going to be a, even an average starter. And when you hit 35 home runs in AAA but have a, a runs created plus of 107 because you're you know, other parts of your game are not producing, that says something to me. And I mean, the the huge strikeout rates, the low walk rates, I, I just don't see it working long-term. So I keep wanting to make a deal with the Rockies because on paper it makes sense. You know, the type of pitchers the Indians accumulate are exactly the type of guys that Colorado needs for success, which are control guys. Well, not necessarily. The Indians don't care about home runs. But the Indians have a lot of control guys who try to do have some guys who are not as home run prone I, at the end of the day i guess it just i don't see it coming together here uh i don't think i have to apologize for that i don't think anyone is really hoping for a rockies trade the giants i feel like we've talked about them a bunch recently i don't see you know uh yaz was borderline an mvp dickerson had a huge comeback year uh maurice dubon was utterly fantastic with the bat in center their Helio Ramos is probably still two years away. They don't have a prospect to step into that spot. I don't see a natural fit. It's just probably a, easier to say that and move on. Uh, Austin Slater had a pretty decent year, and he's had like a career WRC plus of 102. Uh, not a good defender at all. Probably should stick at DH first base. Was occasionally a platoon partner with Dickerson. But uh, I don't really see too much beyond them where I'm like, okay, that could be an interesting guy. I was never a Chris Shaw guy um, in general. Uh, even when, when they took him as a first rounder, I kind of went, ooh, really? Um, and that sounds bad, but he never, he had, I get nervous, A, drafting first baseman and second, drafting batting practice power. Um, I like to see it a little bit more in game. Uh, but yeah, I just, again, I, they have some really interesting prospects, but they're still a few years away, which means they don't have anyone to uh, force another outfielder out of town, as it were. The Padres, well, they traded all their outfielders to Tampa, right? I mean, that's that's their... I mean, Abraham Abraham Almonte spent time in the majors with them. That, that's where this team was. I mean, Jackson Profar uh, didn't have a terrible year, but playing left field when he has never really uh, been an outfielder kind of goes to show just the position they were in uh, Will Myers Tommy how about Tommy Pham with getting stabbed uh, what a terrible story that was but if the DH goes away you're assuming Grisham in center probably Pham and Myers in their other outfield spots I'm curious if Profar is a free agent or not that's something I have to look into um yeah, I know Mitch Moreland will hit free agency. They just don't have the... They traded away all their outfielders. I am a Jorge uh, Mateo fan, who they got uh, before the year began from Oakland. Um, Jorge Onya was a huge power-hitting guy uh, before he signed. Like That was kind of what he was known for. 
hasn't really put together since he signed. And then it's kind of the, you know, some of the other players at their alternate site where a lot of guys were just super far away. They did not stack that with uh, guys who are going to help anytime in the near or immediate future. Uh, Just even looking at their outfield depth in general for the future when you look at their roster resource, Michael Geddes, uh, Abraham Almonte, it's not a, a group that's grabbing your attention. So I think for once the Padres feel like bad trade partners. Yes, the Indians could acquire a first baseman. I don't know how much salary. I mean, the Indians would almost have to say, you're going to eat 90% of a Eric Hosmer salary to make that happen. Like, there's no way the Indians would want to acquire him for any value. Because he, he was average, but he has not been that, and that's a terrible contract. Even Will Myers, who had a, a great year in general, still has very low trade value because of how much owed money there is. That's just in... It's, especially if the Cleveland Indians. Those trades aren't happening for guys like that. So let's end with some Dodgers talk because the end seems nigh for them. Here's the thing with the Dodgers. They seem to have unlimited pockets when it comes to money, and they have a really good minor league system. No one's feeling bad for them. Like, this is a team that's just loaded to the, you know, the nth degree so they, they will lose Jock Peterson to free agency at this point in time. They still have you know, A.J. Pollock, who at the start of the year is talking about as an albatross contract, was fantastic for them. I mean, Bellinger is Bellinger in one outfield spot. Yeah, Mookie Betts in the other one. It's <laughs> Bellinger, Betts, and Pollock. That's it's a solid outfield. Their infield, it, it's, it's kind of sick in a way because you look at it. Chris Taylor had another fantastic year for them and he might lose his starting job because of Gavin Lux Muncie continues to be great Seager had his best season since his rookie year when he had that huge breakout I mean the worst hitter for them this year honestly was Jock Peterson and he had a pretty decent year they've got a whole new set of young players coming up for them it's it's almost unfair the amount of depth when you're talking about, you know, I've been a DJ Peters fan for a while. He's going to strike out a lot. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. He's still an interesting guy who's absolutely buried. Will turn 25 before next season. Has barely gotten to play in the majors, even though he should have should have had that opportunity by now, uh, just due to production and push through. Michael Bush, who was who I wish the Indians had drafted in 2019. Um, we'll see what Espino can do. Espino totally has the higher upside, but. Bush is one of those guys who could be in the majors next season. Uh, there's a lot of people who have that belief. And, gosh, Zach Reeks. I, I think I wrote about him as someone that I had the Indians taken in one of my mock drafts, or my, uh, not my shadow drafts. And the reason was I saw him play at Kentucky, if this is the player that I'm thinking of, and he was really good at Kentucky. Now, he was older, and he signed for... At most, ten grand. So it made him my number one senior sign in that class. And that was enough for me. I was like, I think there could be more here. And so far, he was drafted in uh, 2017. And his WRC Plus in AA last year, it's only 32 games, was 169. A 119 in AAA. A 12% walk rate to a 27% strikeout rate. Um, and he had 19 home runs in 89 games. 
10K senior sign. Uh, if nothing else, he's just interesting from that perspective that he's already been into AAA and he's been uh, hitting the ball well in the upper minors. Just kind of looking to see what positions he has logged games in. Uh, recently, at least, you know, 2019, mostly first base, left field, a little bit of right field here and there. So a, a low-end potential target if you are a team like the Indians. Uh, DJ Peters, who I talked about, in AAA, you're going 57 games, 12 home runs, 13% walk, 29% strikeout. Another kind of similar profile there. But that's what they have. I mean, for me, like, I look at those guys, and I'm like, that is interesting. I am intrigued to see what that guy can do with a little with more opportunities. And maybe that's what the Indians have to target. I've been a big proponent for a very long time of high production, low athleticism, low prospect rankings. Adam Duvall, my poster child in a lot of regards, you know, he goes to Cincinnati, has some good seasons, struggles. Goes to Atlanta, has a great season for them this year. Never was highly viewed. Uh, Shane Shebler. Or Scott Shebler, I'm sorry, not Shane. Wrong S first name. S same thing. You can even go and look at... You know, I, I'll talk about guys all the time. And they've come up on the show. So give me some of those guys. Try, throw, you know, see if it works. It's better to throw out a young... You know, give Kai A. Tom a... a chance for crying out loud he's a perfect example of this instead of trying domingo santana who has failed to lock down a regular job for more than a season in baseball see if you can find the next uh casey blake for crying out loud uh the indians had some success doing exactly that with someone like casey blake and for a while they tried to unearth more but i can't recall the last time they really tried to turn someone else's trash into treasure They've tried to turn um, injured or washed up trash into treasure, but they haven't tried to turn someone else's trash into treasure in a while. And not to say, I mean, DJ Peters is a ranked prospect, a known guy, uh, not to call him trash or any of these guys trash, but they're not as highly thought of as some other players. So go out and give it a whirl. See if you can work a minor deal and get a player like that who could do some things. Cody Thomas is a really interesting player with the Dodgers. Very athletic center field type. I don't know if he can turn into anything, but I think he's uh, Rule 5 eligible. Yeah, he's a 2016 draft pick, so he definitely is. Uh, see if he can be available. You know, See what you could do with him. Now the Indians maybe are not the team to do that because of their lack of success in developing outfielders. Still, try something. Uh, the the never-ending Domingo Santana, Moki Cabrera... David DeLucci, Jason Michaels, the string of guys who are not good, but they're just trying to find average production and failing. There's Naquin, who is supposed to be average production, was not this year. He's going to be probably over $3 million next year, and for a team that has to count every dime, it's the same issue I had with Sandy Leon, where you're, you're worried about every dime, but then you give your backup catcher uh, $2 million, I want to say. But if Naquin can't even be average production at three mil, is he worth keeping around? And why pay three million for borderline average production when maybe you can find someone out there who's going to make league minimum who just hasn't been given an opportunity? 
And maybe more than even as I go through and look at these teams, it behooves us to look at these teams and see the players on the margins who deserve an opportunity who have not gotten it. That might be the best thing that can happen to the Indians. It's not so much trading for someone that they can, you know, we talked about Will Myers with the Padres. They just can't afford him in a trade. And I don't even know if the Padres would want to move him. But for the Indians, it might be about finding uh, the player who could be an average starter if given an opportunity, finding the highly productive player who has not been highly ranked because of bad draft position, lack of tools, whatever. I mean, Adam Plutko was... N- barely ever a top 10 prospect for the Indians and I not that he has been a great major leaguer but he's a major leaguer he's a major league pitcher uh, potential back end arm any year he is a major league player and a major league starter who essentially had the same profile from the moment he was drafted I will stand to the end of time if the Indians had taken him in the second well they didn't have a second rounder that year but if they had a second rounder that year and they had drafted him and given him the money they gave him, they gave him a significant chunk of change in the 11th round. But if they had taken him in the second round and given him the money he got in the 11th round, he would have been consistently ranked among the Indians' top five to six prospects. There's definitely a feeling at points in time about where you were taken, how much you signed for. Uh, you can even, when we talked about the players assigned to the alternative site or the spring training site, oh, the fall training site, this one's getting long, uh, and I am going brain dead. Talk about players at the fall training site. Uh, you can see even in the prospect ranks of the guys who have not risen above the upper minors, how much of that is still based on he signed for more than this guy and he signed for more than this guy. So he signed for the most, so he's the most valuable. He signed for the least, he's the least valuable. Uh, it's why I will stand that Yanni Diaz was basically overlooked until he got a chance in the majors because he was the other guy in the boat with Leandro uh, Linares, who signed for a seven-figure bonus with the Cleveland Indians, and I don't know where he is now, but Yandi was literally the other guy in that boat. It was a 30-minute podcast, and I'm complaining about having nothing to talk about. This is what happens. I can sit there and stare at other teams' rosters and just pine away. Uh, the Indians need an outfielder. They don't have one, and they don't have any help internally that they seem to trust or be willing to give an opportunity. So we're going to continue looking for outfielders in all the wrong places. Yes, that is going to be the title of tonight's episode. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Rate, review, listen, download. That all helps. Every review helps, even the bad ones, they say. And as always, go Tribe.